Cougs house. The Houston Cougars thought they had their man at offensive coordinator, but things have changed. Like what? You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater, can't stop by. Please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can place on Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We're actually making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. If you found us on YouTube, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's so good to see you again. Uh, obviously, it took 24 hours or so off. We'll talk more about that in a second. But thank you. Hit subscribe to help us get to the next 250 subscriber mark. That one is going to be 2,000. It's a pretty big one. We want to give away every 250 subscribers. Uh, again, subscribe. Help us get there. Like and comment on the videos to let us know in the contest. If after all of this conversation, you're like, I just don't know what to talk about. This is a lot of football talk. It's a big basketball week. I don't know what to say. Just tell us in the comments down below what your first job was all right so we are going to talk about a couple different things today i want to talk some about this uh coaching staff as it's coming together uh pretty big news on that uh i guess on tuesday uh kind of a little bit of a shake-up in what we thought was coming uh then i want to talk some about what the uh potential options to get out of that situation are and then last but not least uh there's some roster shake-up as well with a couple of big and important folks hitting that transfer portal. Now, obviously, if you're listening to us on Wednesday, you'll remember there was no episode on Tuesday. I want to say, first, my apologies for that, and thank you for sticking with us. Um, if you've been following the show for a long time at this point, you know I have a six-month-old at home, uh, and I found out the hard way that apparently, even without actually having the pink eye part of pink eye themselves, they can apparently have and then pass on Pink eye. Uh, that's frankly why I have glasses on tonight. And <laughs> excuse me. And frankly, I just could not stare at a screen uh, to do the research, much less record on Monday. So thank you for bearing with us for a day off. We're gonna make it up to you in some way. I promise. Lots of basketball to get into this week. Um, but again, thank you for sticking with us, even if we had to take a day off. Now. I want to talk about uh, the big news of the day on Tuesday for the Houston Cougars, and that was the exodus of an offense. Going to be an exodus if he never came of an offense coordinator. Now, if you were following us over the weekend, uh, we assumed, based on reports from over the weekend, that Slade Nagel would be the offense coordinator for Houston. He was the offense coordinator for Tulane last year. And for what it's worth, Tulane fans seemed kind of eager to see him out the door. Uh, Tulane's had a different offense coordinator the last three years consecutively. And I think Nagel was kind of the worst of the three, if you ask a Tulane fan. Certainly the least effective offensively as far as statistics go. I would also point out he did not have Tajay Spears like they had in 2022. So obviously it's going to be a little bit different. Um, Whatever that is, I will say that I think it was a little bit shaking in the sense that it felt like a sure thing, not necessarily in the sense that Houston's worse off if, as long as they make the right hire. Anyway, uh, Slade Nagel, I think it's worth pointing out, like, I think there's two ways to report this. One, you're saying that he is turning this down. So I think that's like the overarching thing that he did not want to come to Houston. So there's probably wants to say screw him anyway. But <laughs> what I will say is um, he has 
kind of proven himself as a Louisiana guy. He's a McNeese State alum. He coached at Northwestern State, LSU, McNeese, and Tulane. Um, he also has Central Arkansas and Dodge City on his resume. So I mean, say he's never been anywhere else, but he's a very, very, very Louisiana guy. Uh, and I read this as he's looking to stay in Louisiana if possible. Uh, it sounds like there was a Tulane report, not from the Tulane uh, itself, but from like the bloggers of sorts, that Tulane is not going to take any coach that has taken a Houston offer uh, back. And so I think that felt very directed at Slade Nagel. But whatever the case may be, I'd imagine that the two things you see come out of this are that he wants to either stay at Tulane and specifically be an offensive coordinator as they move into their next uh, stage of the coaching, uh, I guess, coaching race, they're playing guys from Troy and things like that. And if they don't pull an office coordinator from Troy as well, then maybe they want to keep uh, Slade Nagel. I could also see if he was like, you know what? I've got so much family in Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana guy. How can I find a way to stay in this state as opposed to trying to commute my family back and forth between Louisiana and Houston. Now, Houston's obviously not super far. Part of the benefit of having Willie Fritz and staff as they understand the region of the bayou so, so well. But I do think it's worth pointing out that as a Louisiana guy, I, I'm leaning more into that one, that he just, at the end of the day, could not make the jump work. But um, as far as the official report goes, uh, it reads that Slade Daigle, Willie Fritz's office corner in season at Tulane, Will not join him at Houston after all. Multiple outlets reported on Tuesday that Nagel has decided to pursue other options after previously agreeing to do so. Uh, he signed with uh, Clemson in high school, but finished college career at, Nagel, at, at McNeese State. Uh, started coaching at Northwestern State. Um, was a tight ends coach his first seven seasons at Tulane. Rose to associate head coach, office coordinator, and quarterbacks coach as recently as last season. So he was the OC in the 2022 season. Season four that he was the uh, uh, associate HC and things like that. Um, I, I think, I think, I think Houston's okay here as long as they get the hire correct. Now, obviously, each and every hire is going to be really important from here on out. But as we looked at over the weekend, um, the defensive staff were that Shield Wood or uh, Gerald Chapman, uh, James Ross. We have, uh, what was it, uh, Christian Young is now our DB's coach. We hired on Tuesday. Um, each of those guys, the exception of Christian Young, has had stops where they've had major leadership roles. And we think, you know, I made the argument for Monday show that that's a good sign for uh, the greater good of the Houston Cougar program because each of those guys had leadership roles that have gotten them to this point with what is the DC uh, Chapman has been a DC at Colorado. Uh, James Ross has been the uh, DC at hope college fairly recently. So each of those guys has experience being in charge of a defense. And that means that they should all have different, um, not just levels of leadership within their own, position rooms, but also like bringing a various amount of experiences and different experiences to the table on offense. We don't quite have that without Slade Nagel. Um, Derek Sherman, the wide receivers coach um, was previously the running back coach at Tulane. Um, he was an offensive coordinator at Georgia Southern, um, but his COVID season there got canceled. So he didn't actually get to call any plays obviously. And then ultimately got moved to, uh, Tulane, um, and then the office line group. We obviously are keeping Amanya Gavi, and so while he's been a run game coordinator, um, we're still looking on like his far, far past. Team more about his uh, offense coordinating abilities. I have some thoughts in the second segment as to who I think the Houston Cougars could look at 
because it appears to be that Willie Fritz really, really likes his guys. I think that's the biggest thing that was a positive about Slade Nagel potentially coming in is Fritz is building this with his people. And if he trusts Nagel at Tulane, we can assume he would have trusted him and given him the keys to the car here. And that's good enough for me. And I think it should be good enough for most people. But now Houston's got to hire a new office coordinator. And if you're looking to make a key hire for your small business, or you're looking to do something in the hiring world, you go to linkedin.com slash lockdown college, because whenever you're hiring for your small business, you want to make sure that you have the top tier candidates for every interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs and jobs to find the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So if you're like Houston, you have to find some offense coordination between now and signing day, help pull in recruits. You go to linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college, push it off for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. So I said that there's a handful of names here that I think you could see the Houston Cougars pull in um, that would make some sense that have ties to Willie Fritz. Now, one guy I think is interesting candidate is Will Hall. Will Hall has been an office coordinator for Fritz earlier in his two-lane tenure. He's currently the head coach at Southern Miss. Southern Miss has not been notably good while he's been there. 13-24 and 24 in his three seasons there. Again, not spectacular. Um, he was also, for what it's worth, um, the associate head coach and tight ends coach at Louisiana Lafayette. So he was OC there in 2017. Uh, both of those seasons, they had 400 yards per game, right? So he can coach an offense. He's just run to other issues at Southern Miss. And frankly, there's some guys that just are more coordinator-based than head coaching-based. Will Hall uh, has been the head coach at West Georgia, West Alabama. I guess he was also the OC, it looked like, on his resume before at Western Alabama. He's run effective offenses wherever he's been. And I think he's a name that, with his ties to Fritz from Tulane a few years back, you could see come on through. Um, Doug Roos, I think, is the most like long-lasting name you see tied to Coach Fritz. Doug Roos uh, was the office coordinator at Sam Houston State uh, when Fritz was the head coach there. He was the office coordinator at Georgia Southern twice, once with Fritz and once after Fritz. Uh, he's currently just an offensive analyst at Southern Alabama. So I say that to say that I think he'd be an easy get. Uh, he's coached with Fritz before. They've had effective offenses before, had success at the FCS level before at St. Houston State. Well, as it's office coordinator at Georgia Southern, they also put up a lot of yards per game. Uh, so I say that to say I think that, honestly, that's worth looking at. Uh, can you pull him out of Southern Alabama? Uh, yes, the same offense put up a lot of points on Oklahoma State with Major Applewhite there as well, but there's a connection I guess we got to make with Houston every time his name comes up. But I think that, frankly, it'll be a nice step up in the world, and you know that he and Fritz work well together. Um, I think names that uh, – two names, I should say, that I think would be hard to get but are worth looking into – are uh, Del McGee, who is currently the running backs and run game coordinator at Georgia. If you get him a full offensive coordinator role, would he move from Georgia to Houston? I think it's worth investigating. Uh, he worked, he coached the uh, running backs at Georgia Southern and was the associate head coach and interim head coach once Fritz left, all at Georgia Southern. He kept the running back and associate head coach role after uh, Fritz left. He then went directly from there to University of Georgia. Obviously, has had a ton of success there. They lost one game in three years and had an electric offense and a power run game with him being the run game coordinator. Um, 
could be a fun hire if you can pull him from Georgia. The big thing there is can you really get him to join Fritz again, and can you pull him out of Georgia, a power blue blood program, with the promotion going from run game quarter to offensive quarter? Worth looking into. Again, that's Dell McGee. The other guy that'd be a stretch here, but I think you've got to at least give a phone call to, is Alex Atkins. Alex Atkins is the offensive corner at Florida State. He has not had that job very long. He was the offensive line coach with Will Fritz, Willie Fritz at Georgia Southern, uh, the associate head coach and offensive line coach as well there, and then eventually became the associate head coach, running corner, and offensive line coach at Tulane. Uh, he left for the OC gig at Charlotte when he left Tulane. Um, so, you know, obviously looking for promotion there. Uh, he is currently, he left the Charlotte gig to be the OC at Florida State. Uh, Florida State being a program that frankly got screwed out of the college football playoff this year, had a lot of success. Um, obviously it's a hard job to get him to move over from, but he's got a ton of success. He knows Willie and they work well together. I think it's a call that you've got to got to got to make if the University of Houston at least see what the dollar amount would be to get him to move from Florida to Houston. Now he's not a Florida or Texas guy by nature. He really looks like his background as far as his roots go more the Tennessee area. Um, but frankly, that's not a bad recruit ground to be tied to either. And we have a lot of guys with Texas ties on the staff, not bad to expand it in my opinion out that way. And I think he seems very relatable. His Georgia running is a Florida state offensive guys have a ton of good things to say about him. When you look through their commentary on, <coughs> excuse me, on Twitter and things like that, people really, really like Alex Atkins. He's a very likable person. Uh, and so I think that that would go a long way as well. Again, tough call because I don't think it's going to be easy to pull him over, but could you find some cash to get him over here? Um, connecting with really with Willie and promise all the big things that Houston we both know can be, I think it's worth giving the phone call. The far more likely guy that I think is worth looking at here uh, is actually a guy that would be coming from Tulane last year, but not the offensive coordinator, and that's Jim Svoboda. Now, Jim Svoboda is the quarterback coach from Tulane last year, but he was the Central Missouri head coach from 2010 to 2021. While he was there, they went 86 and 43. But the big thing that kind of ended his career there was they had a no year for COVID because the level of football they were in did not play during the COVID pandemic year. And then they went four and seven after that. They put up great offensive numbers and had a really strong 2017 to 19, but could not recover from the pandemic as a program. And he jump ship to go to Tulane. He coached the quarterbacks while he was there. Obviously, we saw at firsthand at Houston with the third-string quarterback with him coaching them. They did pretty darn well. But I think his more important time to look at for Houston would actually be even further back when he was the offensive coordinator at UCLA from 2004-2006. Uh, he had 400-plus yards of offense per game in two out of his three seasons. He coached a offensive run game based around a guy named Maurice Jones-Drew. If you are too young to know who that is, I really recommend after this episode is over to go look up Maurice Jones through highlights online. Uh, Mojo Drew would be the kind of running back that would make Houston fans go nuts. He's a little bit shorter, a little bit squattier, but strong, fast, explosive. And frankly, the kinds of ways they got him down. I mean, when he was at UCLA, everyone in America knew he was getting the rock. I mean, he was that kind of running back. And they, again, still put up over 400 yards of offense with that limitation. I think that's a guy worth calling. And you know, 
he knows Willie Fritz. Um, before that, even so, he gets to UCLA in 2004. Before that, he was at Northwest Missouri State. Uh, they were, while he was there, they won two Division II championships. I think it's the point out he was a part of the staff that in '94 went 0 and 11, but by '98 is winning the entire Division II, Division II championship. Right, that four-year turnaround, he saw it happen. He was the office coordinator for it happened, and they put up a lot of points, a lot of points in his time there. I think that's a guy that you've seen turn around that program. You've seen him work with a very uh, put up numbers with a very limited offense at UCLA, and he had a very good head coaching career at Central Missouri. I think all of those things make Jen Zaboda the kind of guy that has connections to Fritz or with his connection to Fritz makes him a need to go higher. Now, I know people are going to be like, but Parker, these are not the sexy names. These are not uh, Sharon Moore from Michigan who's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. I don't know why if he'd be taking a, co- a coordinator job. These are not Cliff Kingsbury. You're not pulling Cliff Kingsbury out of UCLA at a USC with these, right? All those kind. Of, I can see people nodding now that I am advocating for people that have connections to Fritz instead of people with sexy names. And I am. That's they're saying that because that's right. Um, I think that that's the way to go because through every hire he's made thus far, and frankly every non-retention he's made thus far. Willie Fritz has given us reason to believe he's going to trust people he knows. Now, I think they gave the keys to the right guy. I think if you give the keys to your program to a football coach, you know, let him drive the car. You can't treat it like a student driver. And if he's shown us who he is and that he wants to bring in guys he's familiar with, I think we have to trust him with that. I, we've seen him turn on build programs. He knows what he's looking for. If that is Jim Saboda, because he's seen that Saboda has rebuilt a program, you got to give him a chance. If it's Will Hall, because you know he's seen Will Hall do it as a coordinator before and you know times at uh, Georgia Southern and stuff like that, or Tulane, I'm sorry, and stuff like that, then you got to give it to him. If it's Doug Roos, because he's like, hey, we did this thing at Sam Houston State. He knows Texas as well as anyone I've ever worked with. we got to pull in Roos. You gotta let him pull in roost. You gotta let him do whatever he says is what the program needs. Because, frankly, you turn this thing over to him. You gotta trust him as a program. We gotta trust him as a fan base. I'm looking to see what pops up as potential names, but I think it's worth looking through that list of resume names because they've all got ties to Fritz. Now, if you're like me and you're like, you know what, I can't wait till the weekend for Houston to win against AM. I got to find some other ways to win this week. Make sure you go to fanduel.com slash locked on to find ways to win this football season. Cause as the weather gets colder, their NFL offers are staying hot right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet at FanDuel. That's a 150 bucks. If your team wins now our team, the Houston Texans are a two and a half point dog this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. Obviously that's somewhat in that somewhat impacted by CJ Stroud being out likely with a con- or likely out with a concussion injury. Don't get me started on how that was, you know, probably a rough and pass call that did not get called, but I digress. The money line for Houston is at plus one eighteen. Now there's a lot of pride in the line for Houston Texans this weekend. Davis Mills included. And frankly, I think Tennessee looks vulnerable. Tennessee's coming off an exciting weekend of their own. They're riding high. Um, and 
Screw them in those other uniforms. I'm taking Houston. I'm taking them in the points. I'm taking them on the money line. I'm telling you, if you put $5 down on that money line right now and they win, you get 150 bucks back at FanDuel and bonus bet. So if it's FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season, FanDuel, official part of the NFL. All right. The last thing I want to talk about today is that Houston did have some unfortunate transfer news in the last couple of days that we have not yet talked about. Um, and so I was going to kind of break down how each of these goes. The least impactful in the current roster, because he didn't really play much last season, although I think he was going to play a lot in the upcoming seasons, is Justin Benton. Now, Justin Benton was a highly touted recruit out of Georgia uh, that was undoubtedly connected with Doug Bell because Doug Bell does such a great job rec- recruiting that region of the country. Um he was committed to the University of Houston early on in the recruiting process, actually. Uh, was a freshman last year, played a little bit, but not a lot. Um, defense lineman, six foot, listed at 280. I thought he looked close to three, but a strong, stout guy. Um, he has sort of name in the transfer portal and officially fired paperwork. He is on the way out. I think Justin's going to be a great football player. I wish he'd been at Houston. I guess technically it's not over yet for him at Houston if he wanted to come back. It looks like he is out. Uh, speaking of filing official paperwork, as I mentioned last week, Matthew Golden is out the door. He did put his paperwork into the transfer portal officially. He is officially gone. Uh, I'm one to wish him the best. I think he's got a crazy bright future in football. Um, I understand, as we heard before, that he is the kind of guy that through NIL dollars that they throw at wide receivers and stuff like that, he could be looking at big time six figures, if not 500,000 type deals in NIL. And I cannot fault a kid for taking that kind of cash. He has not said that that's the reason he wants to leave. That's totally me projecting what I would be doing if I were in that situation. Obviously he has said it's much more about exploring options. I will say for what it's worth. Um, he was very much a Dana guy. He was very much a Dana kind of recruit. Um, and so I could see how with a coaching staff change, this is somewhat natural. This is somewhat just a normal changing of the seasons, changing of the leaves kind of thing for Matthew Golden. Obviously, it stinks to see a guy that went to Klein, a Klein Kane, I actually <laughs> leave the Houston Cougars. But as much fun as I was watching him play in Houston the last couple of years, I have to say I get it. Um, and as many people have pointed out online, if in the grand scheme of things, the shakeup of the program does get us back on the right direction in the long term, unfortunately, we're going to lose talented athletes in the short term to get the thing turned back around. Um, wishing Matthew Golden all the best in the next status, in the next adventure for him. But he has filed his paperwork. does look like he will be leaving Houston. Crystal Ball says Texas. Part of me really does not want that to happen. I understand he's got to follow his, but part of me really does want that to happen. Um, the big um, gut punches on Tuesday, though, were a couple of big guys. Uh, Chidozin Wonkwo and Jamari Caldwell. I would argue the best two defensive linemen not eligible for the NFL draft this spring on the Houston Cougar football team last year are both in the transfer portal. Now, Don Wonko missed some time hurt this season. Uh, is listed at six foot 285. I bet he probably comes in closer to 5'11", 280. Um, what I have to say about Don Wonko is he's a classic, it ain't the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog kind of defensive lineman. Houston's going to miss him. If he really does leave, and I guess technically in transfer portal, he does not have to leave. He could say, actually, I'm coming back. But um, he will be missed. He's a nose tackle. Doesn't have a lot of sexy stats because nose tackles don't. But if you watch the defense, it's almost like in basketball, you have on-off splits 
or in baseball, you have war, wins above replacement. If you look at the time of running running yards and he's not on the field versus when he is on the field, um, the impact he has on the football game, and absorbing double teams and fighting to keep the line of scrimmage at the line of scrimmage and fighting off those double teams and forcing the ball to go in certain directions. He is incredibly talented. I've said before that I worry about his pro prospects because of his size. I know that especially at a nose tackle position, see a lot of NFL guys get infatuated with measurables. He does not have measurables. He has all of the immeasurables. And I really think he's got a bright future in football. Seeing him in the transfer portal really, really did punch me in the stomach. I remember I got the tweet. Um, I was in the car at the time. Uh, not driving, obviously, not driving. But I was in the car at the time. I got to it. It's like, God, like I like audibly sighed. And my wife was like, what was going on? I was like, Donna Wonka was leaving. And she like kind of didn't know what I was talking about. She paid attention, not a lot of attention. Um, and so I said, like, he's really good. That's all you need. He's really good. Um, and then shortly thereafter, Jamari Caldwell, who is also really good in the transfer portal. Uh, Jamari, I think on the inverse of Josie, does have the measurables. He's 6'4". Listed at 325 on some places. He's a big, big dude. And I think the interesting thing in looking at him is um, I think people see him as an interior D lineman. He's proven this year he can play some of the edges well. Um, super loyal to Brian Early with Houston changing staff. So I'm sure he's looking to see where can he find some new relationship with somebody. Again, he doesn't have to leave technically as a transfer portal guy, um, but we'll see where he ends up. He's going to miss him a lot. He was one of the more versatile guys on the offensive line. And certainly the most versatile guy, or the defensive line, sorry, and the most versatile guy coming back on the defensive line uh, with Nelson Cesar going off the NFL and things like that. Really, really needed Jamari Caldwell on next year's defense line to help kind of help transition Sack Avenue from one regime to the next. That is not happening. It doesn't look like. I guess, they, again, they could all come back. The transfer portal does not have to mean that you are gone, just that you are dabbling and listening and those kinds of things. But man, oh man, do I want to see. I wish that I didn't have to see those guys play in other uniforms. Really don't want to see them play in other teams in the Big 12. So Chidozi, Jamari, Justin, Matthew, if you're leaving, I bid you adieu. Hope the best. Hope big time successes. Hope you get to play on Sundays. Man, oh man. I don't want to see in the Big 12. I just don't. It's kind of kind of hard to see. Thank you all so much for tuning in today to Locked on Cougs, making us your first listen of the day each and every day. Appreciate the everydayers a lot here. Uh, all kinds of plans. We talk about basketball. I know things get thrown off a little bit with some big football news on Tuesday to talk about today. But Thursday and Friday will be basketball all day long, I promise. Unless something crazy happens in football, I guess. Uh, and then Saturday, I'm actually thinking we need to bring back Cougars After Dark, a live show at night, nighttime. Cougars After Dark, get After Dark, so it'll be at night to kind of talk about the day of college basketball because Houston plays one of the more marquee games on Saturday as they, I want to say host, but I guess it's technically the Toyota Center, a Texas A&M uh, in a top 25 matchup. Kind of a game Houston needs to win because of the strength of schedule in non-conference. We'll talk about that more on Thursday and Friday, but... Regardless, after the game is over, we're going to watch the rest of the day in college basketball and talk about Cougars after dark and all things Houston Cougar basketball Saturday night. We're looking at like a 9.30, 10 o'clock start. So make sure you subscribe, hit the bell so you know we're live, and tune into that 
as well. Again, thank you all so much for being locked up. Who's your first listen of the day? For a second listen, I'm going to recommend Locked On Big 12. Drake is doing a great job of covering all of the kind of off-season, kind of bowl-season things happening across the conference. Make sure you go check that out as well. Locked on Cougs is proud of Locked On Podcast. Now, that means your team, our Cougs, every day. Go Cougs.